Scarborough Dude here, Dixon Jane's podcast, number 880 fucking nine. Oh my God. It is Sunday, March 27th. Spent a good part of the day watching the uh, Saudi Grand Prix, Formula One, and uh, pleased with the results. Ferrari, was it second second and fourth, I guess, yeah. Uh, Anyway, if you're follower or interested, you'll already know what's going on, so I'm not going to talk about it, but uh, I'm just pleased to be able to watch these races now. Um, I don't know, I may be, sometime during this podcast, you may hear the voice once again of my friend Kenneth, the man who's hiking the uh, Appalachian Trail on his way to Maine. Uh, he puts out a podcast every day, and I uh, I really enjoy them. They're easy to, you know, consume. They're usually no more than half an hour, if that depends. Sometimes it might be two a day. Uh, but I guess because I know them, that counts for something. In fact, in fact, I just, you know, on Facebook tells you your, reminds you of anniversaries and things. It was five years ago today, telling me, and this is for you, Kenneth, five years ago today, I was at your house in Atlanta, Georgia, and there was a picture of you sitting in the garden and uh, it was so neat. I was on my way back from Florida. I thought, you know, I could route via Georgia and see, meet this friend who's been one of my most, if not the most faithful listener to the Dicks and Jane's podcast. So there I was in his backyard. <laughs> How time flies. Five years ago. And uh, I'm telling him, think about the next five years. Where are you going to be? Where will I be? Who knows? Will our paths cross again? I don't know. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't really matter. But uh, anyway, you may be hearing a clip from him. I don't know. I just recorded some stuff and I'm, you know, if it's in, it's in. If it's not, it's not. But uh, I am glad to be in regular communication with uh, with Kenneth and following him on his quite amazing journey. Um, one of the topics, the reason we're exchanging uh, some notes was about... Uh, last episode, I talked about my struggle in a way to say what I'm really feel, or it's not even say what you feel. It's, it's to know what you feel because there's such a layer of what you're, what you, what you know you're supposed to feel. And that's supposed to gets in the way of, well, wait a minute now, was that really? And the example I gave was, uh, um, trans athletes, men to women, competing in competitive sports, and uh, that didn't seem quite fair. And I know there are more than a few people who agreed with me. Um, But I'm going to go on to uh, a related point, which I kind of like. I've been following somebody called Tara Henley, a journalist, I guess, a writer, reporter. Um, I must have found her while uh, she was reporting on the convoy thing that was going on. And kind of, I like her writing style and I like the things she says. And she's uh, her latest. You can subscribe. Uh, It's called Lean Out. Lean Out Tara Henley, H-E-N-L-E-Y. The latest one was called On Identitarian Moralism. What we're talking about when we talk about the modern left. And it was kind of interesting, but I found... Yeah, I can connect with what she's talking about because, you know, I, I like to think I'm left-leaning and yet there seems to be some 
conflict there, you know. Uh, how how far left am I, and, and and do I follow what it is to be a leftist? Do I does it match up with who I am and what my other values are? And it's probably not, given that I love my Queen Elizabeth and uh, support the royal family and so on. But it's a showpiece. Hey, not to rule over anybody, uh, but I don't want anybody chopping off their heads. Um, the old left was anti-establishment, anti-war, anti-corporate interest, pro-union, pro-working class, pro-civil liberties, and most especially pro-free speech. The new left, uh, and this is a joke, is sponsored by Amazon. Uh, so I, I, I'm sort of maybe halfway on the old left. Uh, sometimes I, I have a problem with some of the things that happen when I've had union jobs and I've seen people just wanting to test their boss to say, no, you can't make me do that. And uh, just not be cooperative. I think there's a, there's a degree of cooperation that is just fair play. Uh, people, teachers who should have been fired long ago, but their union is so strong, there's no way you're going to get rid of a teacher. That kind of thing, you know. So anyway, anyway, that's a kind of an aside. Um, so... She's trying to define this. Who is who are the new left? Uh, and it's very amorphous, and it changes continually. Um, all this confusion has given conservatives, conservatives, right, the people who aren't left, an opening to lump together anyone and everyone who identifies as left under the woke umbrella. And there's the problem, right? All the things that we talk about as being woke, and that's kind of what I was talking about last uh, episode. Um, it's easy to lump them all and say, oh, well, that's what leftists are. They're all woke. And she's sort of arguing that maybe that's not really the case. Uh, the ongoing question then becomes, what exactly is the modern left? Is it about traditional leftist values and fighting to improve the material conditions of people's lives? Or does it come down to how one views oneself? Uh, and here's a part that I think is, is interesting. From what I can tell, many of the new left's decision makers are highly educated, wealthy, well-meaning, and entirely cut off from the working class. Uh, and while this version of the left takes increasingly radical positions on cultural and social issues, it's largely uninterested in pursuing leftist economic policies, Right. They're saying they're left and they've, they've got these stances on current issues, but without actually really wanting to bring about the change uh, that's required. The new left now seems to run much of academia, tech, the arts, and the non-profit sector, and of course the government here in Canada. Um, but they are not really in power. <sighs> so... One term I've heard lately that is helpful in unpacking the new left is identitarian moralism. The phrase captures the new left's puritanical thrust and quasi-religious fever, fervor, sorry, along with its fetishization, fetishization of identity, right? while also signaling its ability to shapeshift to take up Twitter cause du jour, whatever that happens to be, you know. And uh, so, bam, the message will be out there. This is the way you're supposed to stand on issues. So 
final point in the crux of this article. Let's be clear. If you do not agree with the new left's list of approved narratives, that's what I was trying to talk about last time. This this article has just come out today, right? But last time I was trying to say these very things, but I couldn't find the right words. And, uh, and our friend Kenneth um, also explored this issue and, and got into it. Let's be clear. If you do not, if you do not agree with the new left's list of approved narratives, it 100% expects you to keep your mouth shut or alternatively to do the work of listening and learning ideally on Instagram so that you can be shunned and shamed in public in as public a manner as possible, right? They want you to be shamed. Um, The goal of the new left is, in fact, explicitly to shut down debate of any ideas deemed harmful so as not to perpetuate the harm. And that's exactly what I was talking about last time, how hard it is to sort of voice an opinion. Well, wait a minute. I know I'm supposed to be in favor of transgender and, and their rights and so on, but does that mean I also have to support them in wanting equal rights to participate in sports of whatever their new identity is? No. See, that that's the thing. This unfortunately leads to an endless parade of bad faith arguments since the goal is never to make sense or persuade people, but rather to bring discussions to an abrupt halt. And that's exactly, again, what I was trying to talk about, how people are afraid. They're stymied, you know, afraid to express an opinion. And that's the only way we can make progress is by voicing. And even if you voice something that's ignorant and stupid, if somebody might help you, there's a chance you might hear yourself and think, wait a minute, that's not what I really believe. Or get a friend to, to engage in some kind of discussion. That's what happened. That's what has happened between Kenneth and I. So anyway, there you go. I just thought I wanted to uh, put that in there. Because we're trying to have a little substance on this podcast. You know, it's not just about me and all my worries and concerns and anxieties and dreams and hopes and failures. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm going to stop right there. It's a short one. I'm sitting in the road track. It's, uh, we had snow last night. It was incredible. It snowed again. It's still cold, still too cold for camping. But, boy, that time is coming up soon. So uh, stay tuned. You'll be hearing some adventures in the future. Scarborough Dude signing out. Bye for now. Hello, hello. Scarborough Dude back at you already on a Monday. Oh, 3.30 in the afternoon, and I'm at Bluffers Park. I forced myself once again to take a walk. It was cold and windy, clouded over, but I'm glad I did. I need that fresh air. And again, put in the old iPhone, set it to shuffle, and uh, just enjoy the uh, the music. You know, Kathy's Waltz by Dave Brubeck. Uh, And then just other stuff, some jazz, some blues, some rock. Some Dylan, some Beatles, a bit of everything. It's just just a pleasure. Okay, so last night was the Academy Awards, and I watch it every year. Um, and this time, 
was pretty exceptional. Just the overall, I thought, wow, they've really stepped up their game. The opening dance number with Beyonce and everybody in this yellow, it was an, it was an incredible performance, an incredible show. A lot of money, you know, this is when Hollywood's at its best. Hey, we got money, just throw it out. What do you need, you know? How many dancers? How many yellow suits and hats do you need? Uh, Anyway, it was good. Anybody who's on social media or watches the news will know that it took a turn for the dark. And uh, I need to talk about that. But before we go there, a couple of other shocks. One was... The person I knew as Ellen Page is now Elliot Page. Now, quite a while ago, I heard her on a podcast. Heard him, sorry. I guess that's right. And I was uh, the, I was moved by it. I think this person talked a lot about hurt and identity and pain. But my God, it was 15 years uh, since the release of Juno. So they brought together the three stars. He was in the middle, Elliot Page. The saddest looking figure, tiny, and tiny is not about it, but unhappy looking, wearing a like a tuxedo, black and white, not a smile the whole time. And it was just so sad. And, and when I remember how happy that movie made me, it was just so cute and bouncy. And this was just something else. And again, this that's their choice. But my God, it just seems so sad. At least that's what came across on television last night. Oh, I, uh, I miss... Uh, uh, never mind, anyway. Um, Billie Eilish... Singing, getting best song and singing this Bond theme, uh, what, No Time to Die, I guess, with her brother. That I was teary by that point. Oh, that is so nice. And her her pleasure at winning, her joy was pure and authentic and real. It wasn't, yeah, I think I'm going to win and this is what I got to look like and say. It was just, wow, this moment. Uh, so that was wonderful. But uh, also, and the other good part, the three comedians uh, whose names, no, they'll just escape me. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I know who, you know who. Um, I should have written them down. Two of them were good. Uh, <laughs> the plump white one and the tiny funny one oh groan forget it forget it anyway some of their jokes landed some of them didn't and uh let's just leave it at that let's move on to the the reason i have to go on about this will smith um chris rock was telling jokes the way he usually did i i i sort of like his style i like the way he laughs at his own jokes and Will Smith was sitting in the front with his wife, whose name I didn't bother to write down intentionally. Uh, you know, VIPs. Hey, probably he's going to win an Academy Award tonight. They get front and center. Well, the people usually sitting up front, going way back in the tradition of the Academy Awards, always get razzed and teased. 
And most of the jokes, for whatever reason, are are nasty. If you think of uh, Letterman's stupid jokes, of um, Ricky Gervais, there's a lot of unpleasant humor. And I think it's either to take these people down a few pegs because they are superstars or they wouldn't be there or whatever it is. But that's always been the theme, make nasty jokes. Well, this one was a bit nasty that Chris did because he made a joke in reference to Will Smith's wife's hair and said, are you going to be in uh, G.I. Jane? Can't wait for G.I. Jane 2. I guess it was a movie she made. Uh, She has a condition, which isn't all that serious, but losing hair. Um, Will originally... Kind of laughed at the joke. The audience kind of groaned. Not, not really funny, but... Mm. And then, and then, we gather he took a look at his wife, saw how unhappy she was being made fun of for her hair loss, gets up, strodes directly, because he's the closest, right up to Rick, or to um, Chris, And punches him in the face. Punches or slaps, hard to tell from the angles. Right in the face. Like, totally unexpected. And Chris Rock is like, stunned. His head goes back. Whoa! Did not see that coming. And is quick enough to say, folks, this is the greatest night in television history. Meaning, wow, something you don't normally see on television just happened here. Uh... Meanwhile, uh, Will Smith is back in his seat and saying very loudly, what were his exact words? Um, Because those I wrote down, come on, come on, come on, where are the words, where are the words? His quote, anyway, don't, don't say my wife's name again using fucking wife's. Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Said that twice, but really loudly, really aggressively. More aggressive than the slap. And it was, of course, censored. Like, so I'm watching this, as is everybody else at home, and suddenly, boom, the audio cuts out. TV's sort of frozen. And go, oh, my God, what happened? You knew, you saw the slap. You saw something weird happen here. You, right away you're thinking, this is a skit, but it's not really funny. This is, you know, they're, they're doing this to boost, you know, I don't know, get some sort of, it's a gag, but gosh. And so you don't know. And so right away you're on Twitter and you're posting and you're asking, like, wow, that looked real. And then you realize a lot of people are posting, they've seen it on Australian or Japanese TV. Yeah, that was for real. That was a real slap, and this is what he really said, and already it's out there. And you think, holy fuck, that was uncalled for. Like, you don't, a comedian makes a joke, you don't like it, you don't get up and slap him in the face in front of a billion people on live television, and then sit there and swear at him? You don't do that, that's wrong! That's wrong. What an example to set to the rest of the world. You dissed my wife, bam. I'm going to hit you. I, I just, I was, I was furious. I was as shocked when I saw that as when I saw Jack Ruby shoot Lee Harvey Oswald. 
Somebody might think, hey, 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 come on. But I remember that incident. I was watching. That was live television. The, you know, he's going through the tunnel. This was had to have been a setup. Like, hey, you know, this is, this is the guy who shot the president, and you're escorting him through a tunnel full of reporters and strangers and Jack Ruby, a guy a hood, can come in, get that close, pull out his gun, and shoot him dead before this guy can even be questioned? Come on. A low-level mobster? Anyway, there's a number of people today on Twitter, and I'm, I'm sure they're just trolls, who are still saying, no, no, this was rigged. This was, this was all an insider's joke. They're laughing about it now. No, they're not laughing about it. This was for real. A lot of people are posting self-righteous statements of, huh, you, do you know what's happening in Ukraine and you're going on about this and I fuck you, fuck you. Yes, I know what's happening in Ukraine. You can exist in the world and take in different aspects of what's going on in reality in the present time. Yes, I know how horrible it is in Ukraine when people are being killed. I'm allowed to express an opinion about violence I saw live on television last night. Fuck you. Fuck you and your self-righteousness telling me what to think and how to think and when to think. We, we've, didn't we, isn't this a theme here? <sighs> I'm going to read, I guess, what have I got here? Uh, well, I already told you what happened. Rock, shocked but apparently unhurt, rolled with it and carried on. But the incident cast a pall on the rest of the ceremony. Basically what Will Smith did, and Will Smith, of course, went on to win the Academy Award for... Uh, you know, the father of the two tennis players. Can't remember what it's called. Don't care. Not going to watch it. Um, and his speech was a mess. Tears running down his face, of course. But he fucked the evening up for everybody who won. For the prize that uh, Chris was awarding, took away their moment, fucked up the rest of the evening for everybody, and knew that today the only thing anybody wants to talk about, myself included, is not about the gowns and the wins and how happy it is that uh, Coda won Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, no, we want to talk about this Will thing, Will Smith thing, and the opinions. What, what bothers me more about this whole thing is the number of people who think he did the right thing defending his wife's honor Chris Rock deserved that low blow for insulting somebody with a condition. Uh, cheers to Brian Hassett, um, a friend, a podcaster who's a Beatles fanatic and has written several books, uh, who I met in Lowell. Uh, Brian Hassett for saying, hey, for fuck's sake, it's not cancer. She's not dying there. She's losing hair. But the number of people who said, no, no, that was justified, the right thing. And... Uh, that really bothers me. I had to post, um, and I'm going to read what I posted because <laughs> you post something on Twitter or on um, Facebook and yeah, you don't get much feedback. So I took my time to choose these words carefully and it expresses what I think. I'm almost as disappointed with the reactions I'm seeing to what Will Smith did as I am with him for ruining the night for everyone by his inexcusable act of macho violence, physically and verbally. Chris Rock's joke was in poor taste, as was Regina Hall's groping of handsome men on stage. 
Recall that Smith laughed at first, then strode on stage to hit the stunned comedian who carried on professionally afterwards. Smith demonstrated to the world watching that if you, family, or friend has been dissed, violence is the right response. His winning speech afterward was barely an apology, citing his job is to protect and love. He even brought God into it, by the way. The once-in-a-lifetime moment was ruined for the following award winners. How much better to have defended his wife in a speech showing love instead of shouting out, Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Those suggesting physical and verbal violence is commendable when defending honor in the name of love only help further perpetrate this harmful behavior. So that was my two cents worth. Now you've had about 13 minutes worth of. Um, I post uh, just hoping to change an opinion or two. Sometimes that's why you do get on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever. You hope that you can shift opinion somewhere because I don't think at all this should have been permitted. Now, of course, the Academy is talking, you know, we don't support violence. We, uh, um, whatever, we're against violence in any form. Now they have to decide what are we going to do. A lot of people are saying take away the Academy Award. And I'm saying, no, no, you can't do that. He won. That's a separate matter. It was already decided before the incident. You can't take away his award. That's ridiculous. No. Uh, others are saying he should have been escorted out right there and then. Uh, any other person would have been somebody holding up a sign about this or that or making an, any otherwise unruly behavior uh, would have been escorted out quickly. Why wasn't he? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know that they were quick enough. It did happen pretty damn quickly. Um, how, you know, who would have had to make that decision? And would that have caused an even much bigger fuss? So I don't think that was an option either at the time. But something afterwards, like demanding an apology. He did not apologize, by the way. He did apologize to... Um, the Academy and the other winners. He did not apologize to Chris Rock, who he should have. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to, um, maybe I've leave, left it at that. I've, I've probably spent maybe too much time on this, but it was, it is something that's, it was really, it was shocking to see it. Oh my God, did this really happen? But it's also just, you know, hey, Violence isn't cool. I'm beginning to think like he's always talking about love and giving and how what a good person he is. And I'm really wondering after that incident, especially the foul-mouthed shouting afterwards, if maybe behind the scenes maybe he isn't a nastier person than he'd like uh, to be portrayed to be. Right? In his speech, he said, love will make you do crazy things. Yeah, okay, that's what people could do. People who beat their wives could use that line. Denzel Washington offered some advice. At your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. Again, not another excuse, because that wasn't his highest moment. That was about his lowest. Okay, I guess uh, I guess we're done here. Scarborough Dude from Bluffers Park. Um, you'll be hearing more stuff later on. Gotta go. Bye for now. Check, check. Um, it's me. 
you weren't expecting anyone else, were you? Um, I'm sitting by a creek on a uh, cool, windy kind of day, but the sky is blue and the sun is shining and it feels really good. It's uh, a little late in the afternoon, maybe 3.30 or so. Uh, this is very close to my home. This is, I have two benches. I do, I mean, I have benches all over the city. Uh, they're wonderful places, and especially when there's nobody around. Uh, and I had, I took care of some business today and said, okay, you still got to get out. So out I came. And I'm just happy sitting on this bench. Just feeling the sun just makes me feel good. Uh, there's some ducks in this creek. It's a place I've mentioned before. I used to bring my boys when they were little. And uh, it's just quite wonderful. And I thought I needed to say something. And then I thought, no, you really don't have anything you need to share. But why not just tell them you're happy sitting on a bench like an old man uh, not feeling all that old. Feeling pretty good. I walked at a really good pace with my two poles. It's great. I crossed the street. There's a set of stairs I got directly across from my house. set of stairs that go down, lead to a path along the creek. You cross one road again, and you're into this huge park area. And you go along this wonderful little place, and next thing there's another bridge. And just before that bridge, there's this little bench that I'm sitting on right now. Uh, and it feels good. It just feels good. I'm going to continue my walk. I'm going to walk a little further. Um, there was a thought that came up. Uh, today we had our men's group. Uh, that's We had about 12 of us today, online gathering, once a month. And we talk about things. We Usually we pick a theme or a topic. And today was um, two topics. Like, how was your life how does your life continue to be impacted by COVID? Has it changed forever? You will, will you always be wanting to wear a mask and cover up and uh, leery about being in a situation with big crowds? And the other question was, how much news do you consume and how does it affect you? You know, you don't care, you're a news junkie, or you can't watch because you just get too depressed and, and, and you know, open those discussions. Um, there was an incident where somebody who I greatly respect on this uh, on this group made the statement after I had spoken about how I was consumed over this uh, Will Smith uh, hitting incident. Right after me, spoke up and said, "Who gives a fuck about whether or not Will Smith slapped?" Chris Rock. It doesn't matter. And I was a little bit, you know, took umbrage a little bit. And I, you know, in the middle of him, we're online, but I'm waving my arms, shouting out, I care, I do. Um, and then I wondered, well, have I been overreacting? And then I saw another post today, well written, that I, I'm not going to quote from now. But it, it made me think, gee, we really are manipulated by the media. Now, I was watching the show when it happened, so it's not like somebody came to it the next day and said, oh, oh, this happened. Oh, that's interesting. I reacted on the spot, as did a lot of people, um, wondering, is this real, and, and what, are, what are the implications of this? So I did not think it's a trivial 
issue. Um, maybe there are other concerns that are bigger that I should be concerned about, but I, I think to dismiss this offhand as who cares, it's just another Hollywood story. No, no, a billion people watch that. So now I feel obliged to write to this person personally and say, hey, I do care. And it really wasn't right of you to dismiss that outright and say, who the fuck, who gives a fuck? Lots of people give a fuck about this. And for these reasons. So now I'm committed to keep going on this issue rather than just let it go. Ugh, I'm already tired of it. I'm sure you are too. But I, it's... It's like everything in life, you know, and, and, you know, next week it'll be something different and won't matter and I won't be all, you know, in a knot about it, I don't think. Um, but we move on with life. Gosh, I wish I had saved something much more important, and that was a letter from Greta Vosper, the former minister of West Hill United, who uh, I didn't realize until recently how how deeply I care about her as a person and uh, it's it's come back to that but uh, I'm going to have to save that for another time maybe when I have uh, more to say uh, while I'm on hey still a shout out there is still time if you haven't written an article for the Dixon Jane zine and uh, would like to have your name in print so to speak in PDF let's say um, it's not too late it can be anything Scarborough Dude Signing off from uh, this wonderful little, uh, what is it, Cedar Brook Park. Bye for now. Okay. <clears throat> Scarborough Dude, it is, what, April, or no, May, March 30th, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I am at um, Thompson Park. Uh, it's raining Kind of a nasty day, not a day for a walk, but it was a day for a dentist, and uh, that's what i got to talk about. I have no idea how much I've already recorded and what it will all add up to. It'll be a real hodgepodge once again, but uh, maybe they all seem that way. Oh. I lay on my bed with my cat this afternoon after lunch just holding her and just feeling so good and she just loves it she wraps her little paws around my hand and it's it's such a thing of beauty and love and <sighs> but as I lay with my head on the pillow I, I I wanted to ask myself like who are who are you I think it's because I was listening to Kenneth again on uh, congratulations on reaching <laughs> that place you just reached that you were so excited about, Kenneth. Uh, and I said, oh, you know, I'd love to visit that. Even if I wasn't hiking, I'd love to go to that town. It wasn't Dexter. It, it had a name a, a common enough. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Listening to him and, and his honesty and openness. And we're sort of starting to cross-reference each other a little bit. I don't think that'll last too long. I don't think either of our listeners would really care for that? I don't know. But I I asked myself, well, who, who, who are you? Who is this person lying here? Who are you? Like, what's... And I, there was no answer. You know, and, and, and 
right away you think, well, it's a stupid question. Of course you've known that all your life. You can't answer who you are. You can't feel who you are. You can't even be who you are, although that's what the mantra is. Be who you are. Be where you're at. Be here now. But who is that me being there? I know this sounds silly, but I was a little – I was – I was surprised I asked myself the question because it was just so clear, hey, there's no answer. You know, you're just you're just a body lying here close to a cat, having a little rest on an afternoon. People know you, you got a name, Ken. You got a history, you got friends, you got all that stuff, but who is that person? You know what? I'm sort of looking for like a fixed part. You can identify. I'm sitting in a 2007 Toyota Yaris. Yeah, I know what that is. I know exactly what that is. But who's this guy? Ken, Scarborough dude, whoever? Uh, no answer. So <laughs> that was the starting point. Knowing I had a dentist appointment, giving myself time. But... When I brush my teeth, oh, there's a little bit of bleeding. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh, yeah. Gums are sensitive. I've got gum issues. <sighs> are you flossing? Well, not as much as I should be is my usual answer. The fact is I I don't floss. I have a pick. I sometimes go in there with a pick between the teeth. Special one, dental, dental thing. I've got these little things you can use. But I, it's just not something that I picked up. And I sort of, I, the excuse is, yeah, well, I'm old. When we were young, we were never, you brush your teeth. Yeah, of course. Never miss brushing my teeth. But the flossing is not a habit that I've picked up the way I should. And I'm ashamed to say that. And I, I sort of, sort of lie to the dentist. I don't exactly lie, but I say, well, not enough. Or I give an answer like that. And today I blurted it out. <sighs> today something really... Strange happened. I I broke down. I cried. I was actually crying, almost uncontrollably crying, with my hygienist on one side and dentist on the other, both holding me. (laughs) I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I told them, oh, great, thanks. You gave me something to podcast about. I have a thing. If, If you're new, you won't know, but regular listeners know. I have a thing about dentists. Something happened somewhere in my life. That a dental office is, is, it just takes me to a dark place. And it could be, I, I use the cliche, a South American prison with torture going on, something something bad, Nancy, con, Nazi concentration camps. It, it could be anything, that it's something bad and dark. And you're at the mercy of somebody. And, and I, I don't know where or how or why, but it's... It's it's been that way, I would say, all my life. And I have a wonderful dentist, the best possible dentist I could have right now, Dr. Kumandra, Scarborough Town Center. I swear by him. But five years ago, and I'm pretty sure it was five years ago, if I could do a search, let's see, stroke, S-T-R-O-K-E, so stroke, A-K-E, stroke. Ah... <sighs> 2015, March 26th, so that was four days ago, 2015, so what's that, seven years ago, I had a stroke in the dental office. I had, something happened, 
my blood pressure rose. I guess I was crying. Uh, and the next day I had to go to the hospital. Like, you know, I had, I think it's called a TA, TIA, TA. Uh, he, the doctor had to talk me down, get my mind in sync with his. He just did an amazing job. And the next day when I was driving my son to school, I was seeing double. I was acting strange. He knew my wife thought I was drunk and something happened. And, and it was sort of a peak. Well, today I was sort of almost afraid the same thing was going back. I recall that. I told his daughter, is the dentist, Dr. Commander's daughter, Dr. Isabel. Um, I told her, I told her about, you know, the being called into the dental office. So you've got to, you've got to have this work done. It's going to cost $5,000. And that really upset me. And I just started babbling and with tears running down my eyes and the, the two of them trying to console me. And I realized, and, and this frightened me even more, the dental office is the only place I can cry. And maybe, because I don't cry. And it's healthy to cry, and you should cry. But this has been one of my issues, a good part of my life. This came up in group therapy in what? 1973 or four, maybe. I don't cry. I don't let go. I hold myself in. I protect myself. I block. And today I really thought, uh-oh. I, I might not be able to stop. I might have to just keep going. And I didn't want to. It was embarrassing. And I, I was telling them, it's not your fault. It's me. It's my problem. It's me. It's me. But meanwhile, I'm lying there in the chair with my head back crying. God. Um, I just got a message from them. Instructions. They've got an appointment. Please arrive. The oh, I don't have any medical history form. Just stop. Oh, God, even while I'm podcasting, they're contacting me. Uh, the the dental hygienist I have now, absolutely wonderful. So kind and so professional and so good. And I have so much respect for people who go into this field and do it and do it professionally and know what they're doing. Like she was just, she was just amazing. Uh, Jesse, J-E-S-S-I, and I thanked Jesse, and I thanked Dr. Uh, Isabel, but I lost it, and and the fear, the, the weird thing was, like, my God, if is this the only place I can cry? I'm in trouble, because who knows, next time I come in and see Dr. Commandra in a week for a full checkup, maybe I'll lose it again, because this is where I can cry. And I, I don't, that's not a good situation to be in. You know, hold it all in, hold it all in. Okay. Let it go. Let it out, boy. Let it out. I was telling Bruce, I, I couldn't cry. I didn't cry when Glenn died. And, you know, I I feel it, but it's it's just sort of blocked. You know, it's not something to cry about. He, we knew he was dying, you know. And I, you, I think I can rationalize everything, but you hold a lot in. And you've got to let it out and 
I wish I could just do it now, sitting in the car. Just, hey, all right, dump it. Get rid of that shit. Just the same way you flush your tanks and your road wreck. Just dump out what's in there, man. Let it go. And I guess I use podcasting instead, and it's not the real thing. It's not the same thing. It's not as deep. The tears, the crying is coming from another place. It's coming from all the things, all the things I've been holding in. And here I get, and I even told them that. This is this is where I'm, you know, I don't know all of what I said. But I let it out, and they were both so consoling. And as before I left, the other, uh, Jesse had both her hands on my chest, just calming me down, just to, okay, this is what we're going to do now. We're just going to put a little of this fluid over the teeth, and then, then we're going to book our next appointment, because we're not going to do any more today. And telling you the story, it almost cheapens it. It almost makes it feel, okay, I've protected myself. I've insulated myself with these words. By putting these words out there, it's all covered up. It's all gone. I'm not feeling anything now. I'm just putting words out. And that's something I've always wondered about this podcast. Is there a whole level of fakery here? Fakery even to myself that by doing this, it's a cover-up. This isn't real. This isn't really what I'm feeling. These are just words reporting back something. I already knew I was going to tell you about this. Drive to the park and tell them about the dentist. And I can't get back what it is I cried about. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. I can't reach it. I can't squeeze it. I can't hold it. I can't feel it. I don't know what it is that I'm holding back. Uh-oh. Ooh. God, might be a little anger in there, too. I know there's guilt in there. Guilt about the not flossing, but I think it's a bigger guilt than that. It's just a whole lot of feelings. When do you cry? You know, you dear listener. Do you have nothing to cry about? Do you have a way of dealing with this? Any clues? Anything you can share with me? Because I, I can't. It's just me. And I, it's just my history, my pattern, my behavior, my, my protection, my insulation. But boy. Now, was it, was it, I told her, I said, you know, they told me it had to be $5,000. I don't have $5,000. It can't be the money. I can borrow the money. I'm sitting on a house worth a lot of money. It can't be the money. Could it be the things I'm not sharing with those I'm close to? Could it be the things I really care and feel and worry about? And there are things that I just sort of hide under some some layer of protection. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And now I'm kind of a little bit angry that uh, this is not getting me anywhere. And it's cheapened. What happened, because what happened was real and, and authentic, and boy, they're going to look after me. But I, I just, I don't want to be dependent on a dental office to let my feelings out. But that's what happened. Like, that was, that's what it was. It all just came out. Oh, my God. There was, I mean, sensitivity. There was, you know, the, but it was just no this is a place I can let it go, and i got to let something go, and it's going to be here and now. 
Fuck. Oof. Is this making you uncomfortable? It's kind of creeping me out. And it's weird. And and they were like fully, no, it's okay. We're here for you. We're here for you. We'll do anything, you know, whatever it is you need. We're here for you. But like, Jesus, what did I do to Jesse's day? They're going to tip off Dr. Kamanja, but he's the one. He's the one I trust. He's he's like my lifeline. He's like my 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 priest I can confess to. He's the one I, I have complete and utter, full. And I guess, it's like I mentioned, you know, when I when I lost Bob, and, I, and I, that's not an excuse or a cop-out or a, you know, fancy story, but Bob was somebody I trusted. Now, I didn't cry with Bob, but it just was, you know, somebody who was, who was lost who you feel a bond, you feel some trust with. Maybe I don't quite have that now. Why Why would it be my dentist? Because he's a professional, because he's somebody I look up to, because he's he's good at his job, and because that's when I did have that meltdown six years ago, which led to a stroke. Holy fuck! I mean, that was scary. I mean, that's what led me to seeing this doctor and that doctor, and boy, every year having this sarda checked, and oh, hey, buddy, you got to be careful. So anyway, <laughs> bing, 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 something to laugh about. She said, you, you know, we, we have, I can, I can do something for you. And I, you know, I said, well, they've given me pills before, you know, the anxiety. And she said, yeah, we can get you those like an hour before you come. Be a good idea to take one. I think I've got one hidden in the house somewhere in a junk drawer. But there's those, and I said, Needle, well, yeah, we could do that, or we could do laughing gas. And then when I left, when when doctor was still there, and I said, well, I, I just, please, I want you to tell me what needs to be done and what the procedure. And she said, well, we can't do that till we've done our whole annual exam, which means the x-rays and Dr. Commander coming and looking at everything and decide, okay, what's the procedure? And that's what I need. I need straight answers. Okay, I've got infections, serious infections in my mouth. I've got, I'm losing bone. I'm, you know, hey, there's serious things going on there. Um, I don't understand the human body. I'm ignorant. I've chosen to remain ignorant. You just tell me what needs to be done and, uh, you know, we'll pay for it somehow. And um, we'll deal with that. I got, I had a point there. Dr. Kamandra. Uh, anyway, I've lost it. I've lost it, whatever it was. Oh, the laughing gas. Yeah. So I did end on that note and said, okay, well, if, you know, that's, if that's an option, maybe let's, let's go there. Let's go there. So that's what I, I, uh, I will opt for, uh, when I, if I have to have any surgery. All right, let's, we're not going to put up with any shit. Cause I mean, I'm in the chair and I'm just, my, my hand, I'm, I'm just clenched. My legs are out tight straight and I just... It's tension. Okay, I'm measuring it. It's on the scale. Where is it on the scale? It's 11. It's 11. Jesus. Okay, 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 okay. She's got that thing in. She's checking for the gaps. And she's, okay, okay. I can I can get it down to eight. I can get it down to eight. But it's, it's, it's just, it's just stress. It's just, it's just high. It's just, it's just, it's just, I'm not comfortable. I don't like this. 
I don't like it! <laughs> God. I guess there's other ways to get rid of things, but Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to put a... Well, it's not just a Clara warning. This is, you know, this is a real... Holy fuck. This might not be pleasant listening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a warning out. But it helps a little bit. It helps a little bit. You gotta... Some, we, we humans, we carry a lot of shit. We carry a lot of shit. You gotta get rid of that shit sometimes. There's ways of doing it. Don't do the Will Smith way. Don't do the Will Smith way. That's not a good way of getting rid of the shit. Find another way. Find another way. Walking across the continent... That's Kenneth's way. He may be in, who knows what's ahead for him down that road. I'm just glad he's in this place. I could find it for you. It's not Galveston. I think there's a G in the name. It's got a neat name. He's really happy to be there. There's a wonderful little interview, interview, talking to a lady in a shop. Everything sounded good. He's going to do a double zero, a double zero on the Appalachian Trail. That means two days, no hiking, no walking, although he was doing a lot of walking, but no, not on the trail. I'm taking a day off. I'm having a zero. And he decided to have two zeros, and I was happy. Kenneth, I was happy when you chose two zeros, because you like that place. You're happy to be in that place. Give yourself a fucking break. No, you did. I don't have to tell you that. This is after the fact. You're back on the trail by the time you hear this. All right, boys and girls, i got to stop her down there. I don't know if that helped or did anything, but... Uh, Shouting, kind of, kind of. You know, you can you can say whatever the fuck you want to say. Say I'm just acting. I'm not acting, man. That's what I felt. There's there's, there's just a lot of build up. I'm carrying a lot. A lot of it's to do with my disability. You know. I, I mean, I haven't really come to terms with that. Hey, hey, hey. A lot of things you can't do. You know. Sitting here holding on my cane, trying. I couldn't even find the word when she says, how's it going in general? Well, I got this thing where I don't have balance. I got this, I can't think of the word. I don't know what the word is. The word is neuropathy. Okay, a deadening of the nerves. I look at my leg. I take my pants off. I look at my leg. Oh, my God. This leg's a lot skinnier than this leg. Why is that? Well, there's no muscle left in this leg. There's no muscle. It's just, this is a leg with a dogfish. This is a leg with a drop foot. Oh, gee. Looks different from the other leg. That's weird. Hmm. These are just matter of fact. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Hey, 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 hey. Glenn had cancer. It killed him. I got something that's interfering with my walking and my balance. Yeah, I can still get around. I can still manage. I can still get up and down stairs. There's things I can still do. Somebody posted something quite beautiful today. It was a picture of a butterfly, and you might think it's a cliche, but this is an older person who I met through the Road Trek Academy. She's in the States. She had a big Road Trek 210. Lovely lady. Uh, and she posted, I've just gone through, come to terms with some health issues. And the posted, the, the picture was a cocoon. And on one side of the cocoon said, I'm no longer who I was. And the other side of the cocoon was, I'm not yet who I'm becoming. I'm no longer who I was. I'm not yet who I'm becoming. I 
kind of like that. It's kind of zen. There's a zen to that because you're always in a state of becoming, right? This me, maybe, maybe, maybe my day will be a little better. I mean, they both said, that's what they said. I hope your day is better after this. I thought it was a funny thing to say, you know. Like, I'm going through hell right this moment in this dental office, and you're saying, I hope your day gets better. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think I'm done here. I'm sure you're done. But look after yourself, you know. Don't leave things too long. That, that replies to seeing doctors, medical health, you know, checkups dental, hygiene, everything. Look after your physical body because that's the thing that's carrying you around. And uh, I've too often neglected mine. Um, But look after your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, and all those other things, you know, as best you can. I recommend walking. Not going to walk today. Shitty fucking day. Raining, cold. Tomorrow's going to be warm. 17, they said. So, uh, yeah. Scarborough Dude, signing out from Thompson Park. This might be the end of the podcast. I don't know. Maybe I'll find a song or something. Bye for now, eh? Okay, folks, boys, girls, it's March 31st. Just putting in the last few words here. I'm going to end this clip with um, something from uh, Kenneth. Uh, the police, <laughs> I had it, uh, it's in Syria, Damascus, Damascus, I think that's it. Anyway, um, just his words and how he felt about podcasting and just being yourself. I listened to somebody else, uh, Marie LePage, who I met, uh, in Scarborough, another person bearing her soul through her podcast and god damn i wish more people had the courage to do this because it it is healthy i yesterday i was yesterday was just a bad day the day at the dentist uh coming home i i I couldn't get to sleep at night i was just it was just a bad day and sometimes we have bad days but we get through them and we move on and we do our best and everybody's a little bit fucked up but a lot of people just do a better job of hiding it concealing their weaknesses, their insecurities. But, uh, you know, we all feel better when we're open amongst ourselves. So I haven't listened back to that bit I recorded, uh, but uh, I will. Um, I just want to say, take care of yourself. Really, really. Nurture yourself. Learn. My God, try to love yourself. Maybe some people might think, Oh, that guy already loves himself way too much. Uh, but maybe that's not real love. Maybe they're just, you know, it's something else. They've they've created an image or a, a, a fake self, and they think that's who they are, and it's not really who they are. Oh, come on, come on, come on. We're not going to get into that. We don't have time. But just, uh, just do your best, you know. Hang in there. Scarborough Dude, come back next week. Uh, the numbers seem to be, the number of listeners just seem to be drastically reduced. Um, and I understand that. You know, hey, this was never about uh, getting a bestseller out there. Which reminds me, i got a few of those books left over. All right, it's Cover Dude, signing out. Bye for now. Take care.
Yeah. Last uh, note on this thing is that I feel like uh, I've kind of entered, like, in a, in a healthy way, not in a uh, sociopathic kind of way, but I kind of feel like these clips especially as sort of a... Uh, a shining example. I, find, I feel like I've entered like the most shameless period of my life where like I feel like I have nothing that I have to like justify or uh, explain away. Like, I feel like I'm just kind of putting everything out there, um, throwing stuff at the wall and just kind of seeing what sticks. Like I have no one who I feel like I'm representing <clears throat> outside of myself and I also don't care uh, if anyone doesn't like what they see about me. Um, and I was just thinking that it's just like, it's interesting because again, I'm listening to all my songs like on my phone on shuffle. And for some reason, well, it's not some reason I know why, but, um, my, my clips from all of these, uh, podcast episodes, they, they're in my music. So as I'm going through listening to songs and stuff throughout the day on shuffle, uh, pretty often my clips will come up as well. And some I elect to listen to, others I don't. But I just keep thinking, like, uh, wow, like, um, there's an interesting progression. Like, when I first started making these clips on the the Pinhoti, and I, I can tell that I was going through this period of time where I was like, maybe I shouldn't be so uh, vulgar and, and say all these things that I'm feeling. But uh, I, I worked that out pretty quickly, and then I was just like, you know what, like, fuck it. <laughs> um, this is just, this is what I want to say and this is how I want to say it. And, um, if, if anyone listening doesn't like that, then they don't have to listen. But, um, yeah, like I've gotten to this point where I just feel like, uh, with everything going on in my life right now, I feel like there's like not a single person that I need to apologize to for anything. Uh, either things I've done in the past or things that I'm currently doing. I just feel like it's very, uh, is it the word equiminical? Maybe not. But I just feel like uh, it's just like all is well kind of thing, um, which is kind of hard to actually say right now at the moment because it's like really fucking cold. So all is not well. <laughs> but as far as uh, my conscience and things like that, which maybe isn't quite as clear as I wish it was because I can't sleep. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll see. Tonight's another night. And uh, hopefully as long as I can stay warm, then I can probably sleep. I can also put my feet inside of my actual pack, which is another little uh, hack for staying warm out here on cold nights. Again, thankfully, the wind is a little bit reduced, so I'm not going to have, like, uh, a draft or anything like that, hopefully. But, yeah, man, it's cold out here, and I'm tired, uh, and I'm hungry. And so now, I think it's time to go back to Harmontown, as per usual. You guys know, you know what I'm about. Finish this beer, eat some dinner, and go to bed. So yeah, hopefully uh, you guys don't have any neurotic things going on that are causing you to be able to, uh, being unable to sleep. And uh, yeah, for for now, uh, I'll just hope that tonight everything has been recalibrated. Hope that I can give myself permission to relax and sleep, and yeah, go off into that sweet uh, morrow or whatever. All right. Bye for now. Damascus in two days. I can't wait. Love it. Bye.